There's a lot of trends going on in today's culture. I, I work with a lot of young people. And um, on Friday, we're at a f- football game at a, at, a, at a local public high school. And I was with some teenagers and, um, and had a young man say, hey, Bromo. I was like, what? He's like, look, look at those shoes. I'm like, okay. He says, those are $600. I'm like, you're kidding me. He said, no, yeah, he pulled out his phone and... He's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, kids are wearing these expensive shoes nowadays. Those shoes are, no, he pulled it up and it was $900 for shoes. I was like, like, these trends, I'm like, so dumb. Why would you put $900 on your feet, you know? (laughs) My rule is if I can't break into a Holy Ghost shuffle, I ain't wearing those shoes, you know what I mean? (laughs) You're saying, what is a Holy Ghost shuffle? I don't know. (laughs) Just like a dance, if you don't cross your feet, it's not considered dancing, right? That's right, brother. I don't dance. But um, there's a lot of trends. Young people, it's like trends. All the, uh, it, it, It's hard to keep up with them, really. But there's a trend in, in, in the church right now uh, about this debate, whether it's digital church or online church, church, like churches out there not gathering in, 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 in person, but just, um, you know, having a digital connection. And that's all it is. It's all digital. And, and there's a lot of debates on there. And and. Um, if, if I understand correctly, uh, you know, it, it's just, um, it's an ongoing thing. You know, the, the whole COVID thing, we tried the online church. And, and what I know now and what I feel in my heart more than anything is this, is that the Lord established the assembly of believers for a reason. Amen. Because I remember, and even now, today, in the remnants of this, the whole 2020 thing, I know now that Christians need to be together as much as they can. I, uh, I, 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 I feel that even in Hebrews here, as we pick up, pick up in this passage of scripture, um, we're going to be encountered with some obstacles that the, the, the early church had, and that was the struggles of fear and apathy. There was a, the, the writer of Hebrews, we don't, we don't know the name, but we know that he was close to the disciples and, and he was writing to a Jewish audience, Jewish Christians that were thinking about going back to, to Judaism and, and kind of neglecting and leaving and forsaking that, that decision they made to follow Christ because it was getting difficult. There's a lot of fear, okay? There's no difference now, even today in our country, in the American church, I believe sometimes there's an element of, of fear and apathy to be involved in the church of, of what we might be uh, labeled as or what, uh, what persecution may come our ways or what kind of resistance we, we will see if we truly stand on the biblical truths of Christ. There is a nationwide attack on the New Testament church. It is so bad. It is so bad that professionals that study churches are saying now we are redefining what is a faithful church member. They're saying that you're a faithful church member if you go to your local church once a month. I was, I was, I was just, you know, as a pastor, you're like, what, once a month? There's a tag on a local church. But can I tell you this? If we ain't careful, we will look at our church attendance as just the norm rather than the, the, rather than the exception. We need to be careful 
that just because we're a big church that we're not a necessarily a healthy church, just because we are a financially stable church doesn't mean we're a healthy church. We got to get back to the truth of the gospel and what the purpose of the assembly, the, the, the iglesia was. And that was to see lives transform, to, sit, to send out workers into the harvest, to resist and withstand resistance and persecution from the outside. Those are true marks of a healthy church. I'm afraid in America, church has become more about convenience than commitment. We go to church based on convenience rather than getting involved and committing to the church through the good or the bad. You know, it's funny that um, churches like Faith and churches like my church, we get, a lot, we get a lot of transfer growth. People trying to come into church looking for the perfect church, right? There's no such thing as a perfect church. Let me tell you this, by the way, Okay. We're made up of people that we, we, have, we have a sin nature, okay? And then we, we set this high expectation for the church and for the pastor and for the staff, and, and we're trying to get, get close to the pastor because we really want to do, or the church because we really don't want to know what's under the hood. Well, I'll tell you this. There's nothing good there, okay? We're all a hot mess, all right? We all got issues. We just got to, some of us got a tie and suit on, Okay? But you know what? In the pursuit for perfection, we overlook the good. In the pursuit of finding the perfect place, we overlook a very good place. I think Faith Church is a great place. It's a good place. Where you can serve, you can learn, you can grow, you can raise a family. And Faith Church is one of many churches with great pastors that just need the assembly to get together, to unify like never before for the common purpose of glorifying our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said this, Matthew 18, he says, where two are gathered, where two or more are gathered, he says, in my name, there I am. You know why people ain't coming to church? You know why people ain't coming to church? I, and, I, and, I get to, and I try to think like a person that's not on staff at a, at a church, okay? Because you know what? In my season of life, it is difficult to come to church. I got a five-year-old right now. I'm praying for, I'm praying for those tall-time workers, okay? I could, I, I could have played four quarters of football in high school, but trying to put kids to sleep and bad, nap time and bedtime and getting them ready to go to church, it is a hard task, he said, it don't sound hard. It's extremely hard. I don't know how. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, okay? But you know what? It is difficult. Life is difficult. In any meaningful pursuit is hard. And I want to let my children know that we're going to church not just, not just to take, check us off the roll, Right? Not just to go see Brother Christian, though I love Brother Christian. Miss Aaron, Andrew, you're okay. <laughs> Elisha, I love you. But we got to start thinking, hey, we're going to go be in the presence of Jesus. Amen. He said, if there's a group of believers gathering, okay, and they are gathering for the purpose of seeking me, he says, there I will be in the midst of them. And I don't want my kids to miss that. I don't want to miss that. I'm sorry. 
the church. I love the church. My thought today is it really ain't that deep. I'm not a deep person, okay? I'm simple. Church, I I just want to communicate to you that I love church. I love church. I love the local church. You know why? Because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Uh, Jesus used the local church to help develop the man I am today. So th- with that being said, I just want to give you three simple truths out of this passage of scripture. Why? I love church. L- look, at the, look at these verses here. Is, is verse 10, and let's start in 22. It says, let us draw near with a true heart. In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled of the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. It's given the resemblance and given us the thought of the process of the cleansing that Jesus brings to a believer. And it's using a lot of Jewish verbiage here to help, to help communicate that to his audience. Verse 23 says, but he says this. Remember. Remember the cleansing. But verse 23, why? To hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. He says, uh, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. And then the verse 25 is a famous verse. It says, not forsaking the assembly, not forsaking the gathering. But I don't want to focus on that passage of scripture. I'll touch on that later. But I want to focus on the commands before that. Why? Why do we not neglect? Why do we not put away or, or put aside the importance of the assembly? Of church, first of all, let's clearly define church. Church is not this building. Preacher said that. If this building burns down tomorrow, guess what? This, this group of believers will get together somewhere and have church. Okay? Amen? So I'm not talking about the building that I love necessarily. I'm talking about the, the, the church that God established through the, through the death of Christ. There's, a, there's the universal, universal church, and then there's your local church, the church that you belong to. So here's the reason. And I'll be done. First of all, there are some clear-cut commands here of, 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 of that the, 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 the writer has given us. He gives us three commands that we should follow. First of all is this. He says the, the, the commands are to draw near. To draw near, to hold fast without wavering, and to consider one another. It's, pretty, it's a pretty simple outline, right? Why, why, should we, why, why should we be faithful to the assembly or some type of assembly? It's because, first of all, this, I, I love church because it was church, it was in the, my local church where I found Jesus, where I drew near to my creator, where I found a place where, where some young man that felt the, believed the words of the Great Commission and went out to his Jerusalem and preached the gospel and I heard it, he invited me to church and I am a product, I am a product of a strong local church. I'm a product of the Great Commission. Some person thought it was important enough to believe the words of Jesus Christ and to go out there and tell me about Jesus. Let me tell you this. You are a product of the local church. Full assured. I still remember this day. Coming to that church, I had, I had earrings on. I, I, I was lost. I came in there. I, didn't, I don't know, I don't know what, at what point I got saved, but I met Jesus, and I was surrounded by some people. I, I drew, and I grew in that local church. And for that, I love church is where I found Jesus. I love church because I found a spiritual family. 
It says this. It says, let us consider one another. Let us excite. That, that word consider means to excite. That means to, 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 uh, to wake up. It was in the church where I found people that, that helped me wake up to the truth of the gospel. To consider and to help me, to encourage me that God had a purpose for my life and that I should follow that purpose. Amen. I remember I first got saved and my sister's here. She knows this. I, I was the only person in my family to get saved and, and it was very new and, and there was a lot of indifference. You know? I remember, my, my, I remember one time my sister dropped me off at church. She, 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 she's here. She remembers this. She couldn't understand why I was going to church on a Sunday night. And she was, uh, we were, got in an argument because I wasn't going to grandma's house and all this stuff. And I remember going to church. I was broken. I sat in the back of that church crying, thinking, man, I have nobody. But that service, I went to that service. And, and there, was a brother, there were some elders in the church that, that, that hugged me. I went to the altar and were crying with me, praying with me. Were there for me during, during that transition of my life. Friends I still talk to today. Friends that I'm closer to church family than I am blood family. He yeah. said, whoa, 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 whoa. I know we're, I know we're, we're in the South, families, everything. I, I, look, Hispanics, well, we're very tight. Okay? I understand. But there's nothing like being around people that are going the same direction as you. Amen. There's nothing like being, having a brother or a sister in Christ that are considering you, that are pushing you to, love, to what? To draw closer to Jesus. Amen. I pray that my children will be around those people. I love church because I found a family. I love church, lastly, because it provided for me a calling. Let's continue that, that passage. He said this. He says, let us, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. The work, love and good works. It, it, was, it was in my time in my local church where I went to services, I went to camps, I went to this, and I remember making these decisions while I'm around people that were praying for me. And, and I made a decision that I was going to walk through every door God opened until he shut it. <laughs> and that door ended up from California to North Carolina. And I walked through these doors. And I surrendered my life to whatever God wanted me to do. You know why a lot of people today are anxious, depressed, and can't, can't seem to find peace? It's because they, they have lost their purpose in Christ. When you realize, when you're saved, when you put your faith and trust in your creator and you realize that you have a purpose in this world, there's great peace in that. There's great peace in that God wants to use my life, right? To consider people, to love, and to good works. I have a passion for young, I have a passion for families, I have a passion for the next generation. I'm thankful that today I could, I could, firmly, I could firmly say that my purpose in life today is to help equip families to grow in Christ. Amen. And I'm at peace with that. I'm at peace with that. 
I, I love the church. Y'all, I'm telling you this. I'm, I don't have much, but I got all I need. I got Jesus. I got my family. I got my church family. That's a very fulfilling life. You, you, couldn't, you, you couldn't give me more and be like, I'd be more happy if I had, if I had you know, $900 pair of shoes. That, 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 that doesn't do it for me, Okay. I love church. And then, and then I see why the, the writer is saying, don't forsake, look, don't forsake this assembly. Don't. When times that get tough, that's when we need to get tighter. Amen. I love church. In closing this morning, yeah, I, I, the question we got to ask ourselves here is, as faith churches. I mean, are the best days of faith church behind us or ahead of us? That's a, that's a fair question. And, and you know that the direction of, 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 of a faith church is not really contingent upon the staff or the pastors, you know, because they're just a piece of the puzzle. The church as a whole, right? That's the engine. Of where we're going. Man. Revelation 2 1, it says, it's talking about one of the churches of Ephesus. And if you read, look at verse 2, he says, I know your works. He says, your toil, that means your hard work. He's given like a history of this church, and he says, and your patience and your endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil. They, they, they even like, they were serious. This church was serious. They were telling people that, have you sinned? They, they, they were, they were uh, dealing with sin. They were doing, they were doing the difficult things that, that maybe other churches weren't doing that stood out to John here in this revelation. And it says this, you have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not. Man, they were tough. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for the for namesakes that you have not grown weary. But he says, verse four is this. But I have one. This, I, but I have this against you that you have left. You have abandoned your first love. I went to a mission trip. I took my teenagers from this church and. Um, we, we had a BBS there, and, and um, man, it was awesome. And it was a very poor neighborhood. We had kids uh, all from the streets, and, and, we, and these kids came to church. We fed them. We had a good time. We learned a lot of lessons. And the church was so excited. It was a small church, and, 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 and pastor, remember, we preached a revival there, and, and uh, we had a great time. And I went back to, to, to Bakersfield about two years ago with, with the new church, and, and, and I drove them by my church, the, the church I got saved, saved at. And there was a real estate sign on it. It's no longer an active church. It don't exist no more. But I remember those days, preacher, we were seeing people saved, seeing people baptized, sending people out to Bible colleges. But at some point, when you lose your love, 
when you lose your passion for the local church, man, there are some severe spiritual consequences. So what do we do? I'm going to leave you with this, church. I'm going to leave you with this. Just, just real quick. Where do we go from here? Why don't you care for your church? Love your church. Take pride in your church. Take pride in the people that God has placed here. We have a, 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 amazing people here. Do you know what breaks my heart is this, is, is, is uh, the, the pastors, you know, right? Back, back in the day, it used to be a noble calling. Now you, you tell people you're a pastor, you're like, well, <laughs> you must be struggling, right? I've had people even tell me, like, Marcos, don't encourage these kids to go to pop college and be pastors. I've, I've had adult friends tell me that. So they, 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 they clearly, clearly tell me there's no money in that. But they're the same people that are begging me and praying, hey, can you go find a youth pastor for my church? We need somebody here. You see how that works? It goes full circle. Yeah, we want other people to be called, but not our kids. Look, it's going to start when you start caring for the ministry of this church. You know what happens when you're at a very... Here's what I've learned in my short time in church. When you're at a church that is excited about Jesus, about doing his work, guess what? Some young people are going to get excited and they're going to want to go do God's work. Don't stop them. Care for your church. Care for your pastoral staff. Care for the needs here. Care for the elders. Contribute. Contribute. Hey, hey, don't sit back and just wait for someone to serve you, okay? Let's get involved. You, we're gonna, if the best days of faith church are ahead of us, man, you, we, we need everybody contributing. I'm going to ask you to come here and pray. I'm going to ask you to come pray. <laughs> My friend Tyler here, he, he, I love him. He, I love you. And uh, he will always tell me, don't have, don't have me come pray. I don't want to pray. I'm nervous. You know? But you know what? We could all contribute in different ways. <laughs> you have a trunk? <laughs> you know? Preacher needs six, all right? Need to teach? Can you teach? Can you, can you contribute to the business of the church? Can you contribute to the, to the nursery ministry? Let's, let, let's be contributors. You know, if, if faith is going to continue this thing, we need people, we need all hands on deck. We need to not only care for the church, we not only need to contribute to the church, we need to continue the work of the church. Now remember that our, the, 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 the lifeline of this church, right, the majority of the work is going to be done outside of these walls. That we would continue to be bold and tell people and invite them to consider this assembly of, God, of believers? Why? Because you believe that this is a great place where you can grow and know Jesus Christ. Can I just say this? Faith Church is a great place. Not the perfect place. Not the perfect place. That doesn't exist. But it's a great place. And when you're caring for it, when you're praying for it, when you're contributing to it, right? And when you're doing this work, Right. You have a little bit more skin in the game. And you don't find yourself going from church to church to church to church to church, finding a perfect church now. My challenge to you this morning is, why don't you come and just love this church?
Love the church.